People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Fine Music Radio and Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. You may know that on the 4th of February, here at Artscape, the ballet Cinderella with the music of Prokofiev opens with Cape Town City Ballet. The principal dancer of Cape Town City Ballet is Kirstel Patterson, who began her ballet training at the age of five under the tutelage of Jennifer Clipfell in Table View. And also as a young student, she was awarded the runner-up positions in the Mabel Ryan Award and later the Cacchetti Intermediate and Advanced One Awards. It's been quite a career for Castell because she's recently as well won a number of awards at the Friends of Cape Town City Ballet event and also an award from Sir Geoffrey Neiman and Brian Frenreader to Kirstel for the most outstanding performance of a dancer in a ballet presented in 2022 by Cape Town City Ballet. So, Kirstel, it's very good to have you here. Welcome. Thank you very much, Rodney. It's lovely to be here. And I know you're busy because this is just a few, well, it's a week and a bit, isn't it, before your opening. So, are things hotting up? Are you on stage here yet or are you still at the studio? We are still at the studios. Uh, we've just started with running the ballets with the different casts this week. Um, next week we'll probably jump into the theatre and get going with the sets and all the costumes and lighting and all of that. It must be quite exciting after rehearsing for so long suddenly to be on stage with the sets and lighting because I presume at your studio in Rondebosch I mean, if we saw it, we'd think it was all rather bleak, wouldn't we? Yes. I mean, there are a lot of props, so there would be some kind of idea, but with the sets and the lighting on the opera stage, it's just... Suddenly you know it's going to happen. It's all magic. And also, all your rehearsals with the piano, aren't you, until the orchestra comes along? No, so we actually rehearse with a recording. Oh, okay. And then when we get to the stage, we have a few runs with the recorded music, and then we'll have an orchestra rehearsal as well when they come in. Because the orchestra is not playing at every performance, or no, are they? No, Selected performances. So generally what happens is that the orchestra will record themselves playing, and then that's what we will use as at the recorded performances. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Because that must be another exciting thing, to have a live orchestra. <laughs> you touched your, as though it took your breath away. Is yeah. that so? That's one of my favorite things. There's nothing quite as spectacular as dancing to an orchestra. It's just Who's conducting this one? Brandon Phillips. Oh, Brandon is doing. He's getting quite a lot of ballet experience. Oh, yes. He's lovely. And apparently the dancers like him because he's flexible and he knows, he listens to you. Yes, he does. He watches us. I remember there was a conductor (laughs) here, and I'm not going to remember his name, but it was a while ago when it was still K-Pab who actually couldn't stand conducting ballet. He loved conducting opera and mostly concerts, but he said having to watch ballerina's feet he wasn't his thing so he didn't like it and I know Brandon um, is very very flexible like that and the other thing I just wanted to mention was the ballet Cinderella is not nearly as well known as Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet which we all love which is a pity because every time I've heard that score of Cinderella I'm struck that it is the most beautiful music and the most dramatic music and the most passionate music you're nodding away. Do you agree with all that? I do. I really, I mean, I love Prokofiev. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm biased, but a lot of people can't compare the two. But I think there's just such beautiful, beautiful moments in Cinderella that just take my breath away. And when mm. you hear it, it's just like 
your body just goes. <laughs> <laughs> I shall remember that. The, the same as um, R and J, but that's for me personally. No, no. It could be different. Have you danced, Juliet? I have twice. Okay. Once with Joburg Ballet and once with Cape Town City Ballet. Okay. Yes. And so this particular performance of Cinderella, is it first Cinderella for you or have you done Cinderella before? I have done Cinderella before. We did it, I think it was 2018, the last mm-hmm. time. Okay. Um, Who's choreographing this? This is Veronica Paper. Is it Band. Veronica? Yes. Yes. My goodness, she really has had quite a reputation, hasn't she? Oh, and Veronica? she's so lovely to work with. Is she? Yeah, is she, she really is divine. I've often wondered, but maybe we'll get to that a little later, but I've often wondered what it must be like when a ballet starts, your very first rehearsal. What happens at the first rehearsal? You all go along, you call it a certain time, and then what? So generally it depends. If the ballet has been made before, then it's kind of a case of just recapping for some dancers or watching an older version and then teaching the younger dancers who haven't done it before. If we're doing a ballet from scratch, the choreographer generally maybe comes with a few ideas or steps and things and sees how the dancers cope with that and then maybe a dancer will do a mistake and then he'll be like, oh, keep that in kind of thing. So it's very uh, back and forth in the choreographic process, whereas if a ballet had been done before, it's kind of like this is what it is, which is much quicker and easier to put up. If it's been done before, it takes a little bit more time if it hasn't. So being naive, a naive question again, how long do you rehearse before opening night from the very beginning? That depends. As you said, on whether it's been done before. Yes, and also how much time we've been given. I think we had about four weeks to get Cinderella up and running, so Mm -hmm. it's been quite tight. Normally we have maybe two months or so to get, even if we've done the production before. So this one's been a bit of a tight squeeze. (laughs) Okay, and it follows actually quite closely on Nutcracker, doesn't it? Yes. Relatively speaking. Exactly. So we had Nutcracker finished on the 23rd of December. We had about 10 days off. And then we came back, hit the ground running, and now we're, <laughs> sure. we're going to be back in our back state next state. week. <laughs> I'm just reminding of the dates here from the 4th to the 19th of February here at Arscape for Cinderella. My guest, Kirstel Patterson, and now your first piece of music. And I see you've chosen the Beatles. Yes. You're allowed to. So what have you chosen for us? Um, I've chosen the Beatles, Here Comes the Sun. It's a very special piece of music to myself, my husband, and my daughter, Sienna. We used to play it a lot when she was little, and now every time it comes on, she just runs to the TV and just watches. <laughs> but she's very young, isn't she? She's a year and a half now. So she's still little. She's still very, very little. little. And yes. you're only child so far. Only child. Okay. <laughs> so that's for her, Sienna. That's for her, yes. For Sienna. Sienna. Beatles. Here mm-hmm. comes the sun.
was the Beatles, Here Comes the Sun. And it was the first choice of my guest on this week's edition of People of Note, Christel Patterson, who's a principal dancer with Cape Town City Ballet and who's dancing the role of Cinderella in the production that opens on the 4th of February. When you spoke, uh, Christel, about your, your child like that, when does she first get to see her mother dance? It's a bit early, admittedly. Yes, well, she's seen me dance around the lounge. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but actually, on the 23rd of December, we did the fairy parade for Nutcracker, and I was performing. And my husband actually brought her on stage afterwards. So she's been on the Opera House stage. Oh, my goodness me. She didn't see me dancing, but she saw me in my costume and everything. And every mm. time she sees a ballerina picture or something now, she goes, Mama, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite sweet. Let's hope <laughs> she follows in your footsteps. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> and talking about following in your footsteps, just let's do a little bit of background about you, Kirstel. Sure. I mentioned that you started at the age of five. Did you always want to be a dancer? Can you remember that far back? I remember my mom telling me that I begged for two years for her to send me to ballet. I was exposed to ballet by my mom and my mom's mom, my grandma. They always used to go to the theater and watch ballets because it's, it's been huge in my family for many, many years. And um, Have there been other ballet dancers in your family? Uh, not professionally. Okay, just a love of the ballet. Just a love of the ballet. I think my mom went up to grade five or something in her exams and then ended up stopping. But there's always been a love for it. Mm -hmm. um, there's always been dance in my family. My dad's sister was a Spanish dancer. She performed in Spain mm -hmm. and things like that. So there's always been. Mm -hmm. So I think them taking me to performances to watch the ballet really started my love for dance. Um, the one particular performance I remember was of Giselle, and I just saw these ladies on the side of the stage all looking exactly the same in these beautiful white romantic tutus, and I just said, I want to be up there one day. Is that the opening of Act Two, The Sylphs? Yes. yes, but it's a magic moment, that, in that it ballet, is isn't it? Incredible. It gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. Even now? Even now. Have you danced, Giselle? Five times. Wow. wow. <laughs> so you got trained at the UCT School of Dance, didn't you? Yes. So after I matriculated, I joined the UCT School of Dance and I graduated with a dance teacher's diploma. But while I was there for those three years, I auditioned for what was called the apprenticeship program back then. And it gave you the opportunity to perform with the ballet company. And we got lessons in quarter ballet training every Friday and things like that. And then at the end of my three years of studies, Professor Trichard, who was the um, CEO back then, offered me a job. And that's how I got into the company. Okay, you make it sound so easy. <laughs> but not. I'm sure there's a lot of hard work, <laughs> yes. yes. But why did you do a teaching diploma? To have something to fall back on. When you retire from well, dancing. Or in case my professional career didn't go according to plan. Okay. Um, oh, no, that's a good point. So, yeah, I decided to have something to fall back on with regards to that. And when you did join Cape Town City Ballet there, after Professor Trichard had invited you, were you just a member of the Corps de Ballet then? Or oh, yes, did yes. You, oh. I was a member of the Corps de Ballet for quite a while. I think was 2012 I was promoted I think I can't remember exactly um, so things only started happening happening for me from I think 2011 2012 then I started going up the ranks mm -hmm. to principal dancer and <laughs> you were saying before we came into the interview that you're the only principal dancer in Cape Town City Ballet yes at the at the moment yes yeah okay <laughs> And you started, I presume, quite soon doing the big roles once you were a principal dancer. Odette 
in Swan Lake, the Sleeping Beauty, all those things? So I think I started getting all the princip- most of the principal roles when I was a soloist, um, which is actually one of the hardest ranks to be because you do everything below your title and above your title. So oh. you work really hard. So you're not um, then the principal dancer, you are a, a soloist, soloist, but right. you can get the opportunity to do principal roles. Right. So that's what happened to me and like a lot of soloists that happens and then eventually you get promoted to senior soloist and then principal. And then when you're a principal, you pretty much just do principal roles. So you don't have to do anything below your rank. <laughs> well, I mean, you get older, so your body takes a lot longer to recover and all those things. So it kind mm-hmm. of balances out, I suppose. And a ballet dancer has a fairly short career, doesn't he or she? I mean, can you dance well into your 30s or 40s or what? Ah, uh, yes, I'm 35 now. Oh, okay. So I thought you were younger. How about that? <laughs> That's <a> fantastic. <laughs> I think it depends on the dancer, the individual. Um, some dancers continue past 40. Some are going at 50. I mean, oh, sh- so it depends on the dancer and how well their bodies are coping. And I think also as you get older, you have the right to choose which productions or ballets you want to be in. So you can say, I'd rather sit this one out and okay. work for another one. I mean, I don't know. This is, could be. Have uh, you done that before that no. you said, no, I want to sit out? No. Not yet. Only I'm, when I'm still. I'm still going. At strong. the peak. At the peak. <laughs> Can we say at the peak? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> right. Is uh, is Cinderella difficult to dance? I don't know. That's a bit of a vague question. I think all ballets are difficult to dance in their own right. Um, and that's a good answer. Okay. <laughs> okay <yes. laughs> but I think. One of the reasons why I love Veronica Paper Ballets is there's so much drama and there's so much acting and it adds a different kind of level. And I feel the older I get, the less I want to do the generic tutu ballets, the more I want to do the dramatic roles where it's a lot of acting and... Um, like Odette, presumably. Yes, exactly. Odette, Odile, Juliet, Juliet yes. uh, Cinderella. There's a oh. little bit of acting. Um, there's all kinds. I mean, I can't think off my head right now. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. It sounds as though you're loving your career, and it looks as though you're loving your career. How about that? I do. I very much, very much love where I am at the moment. It's Excellent, really, really good. Christelle. Elton John, I see, is next on our music list tiny dancer i think you hinted that this was also for your baby is that true <laughs> that is that is correct yes i mean the title says it all mm-hmm. um she loves to dance and she loves elton john so what can i say
John, Tiny Dancer, the second choice of my guest on this week's edition of People of Note here on Fine Music Radio, the principal ballet dancer from Cape Town City Ballet, Kirstel Patterson. Kirstel, I enjoy saying the principal dancer. It's nice to know there's someone famous in the studio with us. <laughs> what about the whole makeup and costume thing? Do you enjoy that as well? Because one of the beauties of ballet is the costumes. When you're sitting in the audience, very often they take your breath away. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the huge parts of becoming your character is the costumes. 
We have a wonderful costume master, Mervyn Williams, at the company. Yes, who we had on People of Note last week. He's absolutely amazing. He gets everything sorted for us by the time opening night is here and makes sure the costumes fit correctly and everyone's comfortable. And the makeup is also a part of becoming a character. We do our own makeup, which is, I find, quite nice because it's just therapeutic and it calms you and you're sitting in the dressing room. I like to listen to music and apply my makeup, kind of think about things, chill out. <laughs> and then eventually the curtain opens and there you are, bang. Bang. <laughs> Mervyn Williams, I gather, is a character actor and he's also one of the characters, he's one of the ugly sisters, isn't he? That's correct, With he Marcel is. Mayer. Yes, oh, you must see them, they are absolutely amazing together. Yeah. And it's a great joy and fun in Cinderella, whether it's the story or the ballet, isn't it, that they add a lot to the enjoyment of the evening. Absolutely. And I think Veronica Paper's Cinderella, they are hysterical, very comical, and I think the audience will love them. Okay. So there you are, someone to look out for. Yes. And they're usually overdressed and all that, aren't they, and over made Absolutely. Absolutely. That looks, it, yeah, <laughs> it's quite funny. Do you laugh when you see them the first time? I laugh every time I see them <laughs> right. because it's okay. some things change slightly each time they do it and they evolve their character and it just becomes amazing. Now, what is the name of the principal male dancer, the character name in Cinderella? The, the prince. prince. The prince, yes. So who's doing the prince? And I know there are some international artists dotted here and there, aren't they? Yes. Not that we need them. We need you. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's Is lovely. there someone doing your role? Yes, we have um, Tatiana Melnik. She's coming down with um, Vadim Muntagirov, Vadrim. <laughs> and, um, How do you mean a dream? They call him Vadrim. That's his nickname. Oh, okay. uh, just because he's just so beautiful. Oh, okay. And okay. he's a nice person as well. Right, that helps. Um, so they're coming down to do Cinderella. And when they are dancers like this from uh, that come in for alternate principal roles do you ever watch them do you sit do you watch their performances and think i would never do that or no i watch it uh, it's inspirational when oh, they come okay. i i love it because often i haven't had a chance to go overseas and see these wonderful dancers and when they mm -hmm. come here it's like i've got stars in my eyes <laughs> so it's very inspirational and it just yeah, it just really inspires me. And who is your local dancer in Cinderella? I normally dance with Leosin Munez. He's my partner for most of the principal roles. Okay, there. and he's your partner. He's likely to be your partner in this one as well. Yes. Okay, and you're comfortable with him. Yes. It must make a huge difference who your partner is because of what you have to do physically on stage. I think so, and I think the more... You roles you do with a certain person the more comfortable you become with mm -hmm. them the more you learn your coordination with one another if you chop and change all the time it comes a little bit more tricky because you have yeah. to learn how this person moves and what their instincts are and things like that so you basically learn about a whole new person whereas if you have been cast a couple of times you kind of it's easier to get up and go <laughs> well almost literally <laughs> yeah actually the get up and go bit i mean yeah and the strength i think there's the famous story that male ballet dancers are their strength is underestimated but they've got to be very strong men don't they they do yes they, there's a lot of difficult lifts in ballet and i think they go 
underrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, generally the man has to be quite strong as well as agile in his own variations that he needs to do on stage as well. So yeah. And also if he is strong and as you say, if you know them, you feel comfortable, you know that you're safe physically, for yes. example. I mean, if I am doing a pirouette, for example, and I'm falling to one side, I know that Lewison's just going to pull me back onto my leg and look like nothing happened. The yeah. audience wouldn't know, but we would know. So okay, okay. I can trust him. I can fall backwards and he'll catch me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Have you ever had any nasty accidents in your career? No. I, no, I've had costume malfunctions, <laughs> but not so much I nasty accidents. I should have think what that must be. <laughs> <laughs> Just like some costumes being attached to the, the male dancer's tunic and then my costume, the net of the costume ripping along, like across the whole stage. <laughs> <laughs> But that would be Tops funny. Tops coming undone. Oh, really? really? <laughs> yeah, so the comfort, The comfort value. I'm enjoying talking about the sort of nuts and bolts of ballet with you. <laughs> the costume, as you said, um, Mervyn checks that they still fit because you, presumably you're wearing costumes that have been used before yes. in this production. Mm. And they fit. It's amazing that they fit. So I'm not suggesting anyone gets thinner or fatter. <laughs> but things move on. Yeah, so generally, I mean, if you've done the production, like I've done Cinderella before, all my names are still in the costume that I just quickly try and make see that everything still fits me comfortably. Otherwise, if, for example, if I picked up weight, then he'll add extra, he'll take some material out and then let the costume out a little bit so it's a bit bigger and then they'll re-sew the hooks and eyes and all the other way around if you lost weight they make it tighter for you um, obviously there's all different kinds of body shapes so of course there needs to be maybe there's three or four sets of the Cinderella's costumes so it's not just one costume for all the casts so we have five casts of Cinderella and there's probably three sets of costumes and they'll find one that fits the best and they can alter if they need to but mm-hmm. that's generally what happens because sometimes when you're sitting in the audience looking at the the dancers male and female sometimes i think gosh that can't be very comfortable it looks always too tight or too but clearly it's what you get used to it's they're your overalls yes in a exactly. sense to put it rather crudely mervyn always laughs at me because i hate tight costumes because i like to be able to move around i yes. don't want to be within a, your in a corset yes, yes, yes. Um, so he always laughs at me when he asks how the costume's feeling. I'm like, it could be looser. <laughs> <laughs> could be looser. <laughs> All right, Castell, we're going to have another piece. Rod Stewart is next, I see. Yes. Now, what's the reason for your including him? Uh, so this particular song is a special one for myself and my dad. Uh, it's the one I did my first dance with, well, not first dance, my dance with my dad, father-daughter dance. Oh. with my dad at my wedding and this was the song that he wanted to play so this is a very special one it's called forever young by rod stewart yes
That's Rod Stewart. We have to call him Sir Rod Stewart now. And a song called Forever Young. Another choice, the third choice of my guest on People of Note here on Fine Music Radio this week. And that is the principal dancer of Cape Town City Ballet, Christel Patterson, dancing the lead role in Cinderella, which opens here at Artscape on the 4th of February. You're making me really keen to go and see it because I'm not a huge ballet follower and I kind of miss... For example, I didn't see The Nutcracker. Sorry about that. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds... And also, as you said, uh, Christel, a little earlier, how wonderful the music is. And you hear that it's the same composer that did Romeo and Juliet so easily, don't you? Yes. So I just wanted to ask you now, um, on on the music front, what sort of... I know you've chosen these pieces, some for your daughter and some for yourself, but do you listen to a lot of music at home? Do you listen to popular music, classical music, ballet music, or do you read? Well, if you come to my house, there is always music playing my husband and i i think that's where our connection started was with music what does he do your husband he works for a company called nielsen does like data analytics kind of thing short version um (laughs) yeah so uh we have a huge love for music um he's played in a band he has guitars drums all that sort of thing at the house at the house um and we're hoping to like impart that music love to Sienna. Um, but music-wise, genres, it can be anything. Depends on the day. I listen to classical, pop, uh, rock, hard rock, soft rock, oh, uh, all sorts everything. of things. Depending Acoustic. on your mood. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it could be different. Do you play an instrument at all? I used to play the piano when I was much younger, um, but I wasn't too happy with my piano teacher, and then I stopped and I never picked it up again, unfortunately. Well, you've picked up something just as tricky and difficult, (laughs) which reminds me, you hear concert pianists and all that practicing so many hours a day. What do you do to keep yourself fit and to practice? Do you practice daily? I'm not sure if I'm using the right word, practice. Um, is it a daily thing? Do you, your body surely needs to rest from time to time? Uh, we practice every single day. We have Sunday generally for our break, a day off. Where I am in my career now, sometimes I'm not needed for the whole day. So I will go to the gym, I'll swim, or I'll go for a walk, or I'll do some weight training. Depends how what my week looks like in terms of schedule and running ballets and mm. rehearsal times and all of that so I judge my extra workout stuff around my, my dance schedule yeah so it could be anything lots of dancers do lots of different cross training um, just to kind of keep yourself fit in a different way but at the same time ballet mostly trains ballet so you we have a class at 10 o'clock in the morning till half past 11. We have a little tea break. And then from, say, quarter to 12 till half past 1, we have rehearsal for the upcoming production. We have a lunch hour, and then we rehearse again until 6. Or Gosh, so that's quite a full day of yes. uh, physical activity. But you're not, so like for me, I'm not needed in every single session. Some dancers are needed for the whole day, and okay. that's quite strenuous. Yeah. And Castell, what happens when there's not a production coming up because sometimes there is a longish gap isn't there between two productions i know we said nutcracker's just ended and you straight into cinderella but then what is next can you tell us 
Or is um, that a secret? I think we're doing Maynardville season next. Oh, yes, I think you towards are. Towards the end of February. Yes. I think that's a week of, I think there's five performances at Maynardville. Um, and so now, yesterday we had rehearsal for one of the ballets that we're doing at Maynardville. So in between rehearsing and performing, we'll start rehearsing for the next production. Mm-hmm. Generally, we do quite a few se- uh, productions during the year, so there really is not like a long break between. Oh, okay. And even as you've now explained, there's actually no such thing as a break because even if the productions are a month or two apart, you're still working every morning, the tea break, the afternoon. We might get Saturdays off. Oh, really? (laughs) If it's not too hectic (laughs) and it's not close to a production, we might get a Saturday off, which is great. (laughs) And can I ask you, what is the atmosphere like in the company? Do you all, I mean, you're all doing the same thing, striving for the same thing. So it must be actually quite a, a good atmosphere. It is a good atmosphere. I think we all support one another. We have to because our our company is quite small compared to overseas European and American companies. So we've got to stick together. We're a team and no one is, even though you might be doing a principal role, that ballet is nothing without the rest of the dancers. Mm, of course. So of course. it's very important to be on the same page and, like I said, support And not too one much another. rivalry, I hope. No, no. And if, I mean, a healthy competition, yes, of, of course. Of course, it's good, absolutely. But not in a nasty way, definitely okay. not. We don't like to breed that behavior. <laughs> We've got some ballet music coming up now, at yes. last. Finally, I had, to choose, I had to choose some classical music. But you chose the balcony, Pate de the balcony, scene from Romeo and Juliet is this why have you chosen it I feel like it doesn't really need an explanation no it does <laughs> I feel guilty asking no the please but it is a very very beautiful piece of music mm. and it actually when I was in matric this is what I used to study I listened to Romeo and Juliet every time I opened my books that was playing in the background and it was just one of my dream roles to do, and when you're actually performing that pas de deux to that music with a live orchestra on the Opera House stage, there is just nothing quite like it. So that's why it's so special.
Well, part of the balcony scene, the Pas de Deux from Romeo and Juliet. As my guest said, such beautiful music. And when you see it in the theatre, you get goose flesh. Every time you get goose flesh. And do you ever get goose flesh up there on the stage, Castello? I do, definitely, especially in Romeo and Juliet. Uh, I think in the acts, obviously the balcony part of do you mm-hmm. you do, um, and then also at the end when you've just woken up and you found that your person is oh that's dead so that incredible that's, tragedy I mean, yeah, yeah terrible and Prokofiev wrote the music in such a screaming with uh, grief isn't it really yeah, oh, absolutely let's not go there I know already good <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ask you a silly practical question here. And our producer, JP, was talking about this to us. When you come onto the stage, you mentioned something about safety drills and things, because one always imagines in opera and certainly, well, more in ballet because of people dancing. How do you not fall into the orchestra pit? (laughs) Because it's quite deep, isn't it? Years of practice. (laughs) (laughs) No, so we have um, when we move into the theater, we have what they call safety talks where they warn you about certain hazards, things like that, which route you should take to get all the way around the stage to the other side so the audience doesn't see you. Obviously, our orchestra pit is open, so we can't go too close to the edge there, and they mark that off. Is there a mark on the stage? There's our mat's end, and then there's like a little black strip that you don't dance on, and then that's kind of safe. Okay. okay. (laughs) Uh, But, for example, with Nutcracker, we had lots and lots of children, so we had to show them where to go, and we had a whole banner thing across the front of the stage that they couldn't go past it and Mm -hmm. fall into the orchestra pit Um, and yeah we had to show them all the way around the stage and so that they didn't get lost or it's actually just listening to you say that it's actually quite a potentially dangerous environment isn't it first of all there's the fly tower above you two or three stories of scenery and lights and things yes there's the orchestra pit so you've got to be careful up there. There's also lighting trees on the side of the stage. So where you see the wings, just behind that, there are lighting trees. And also with sets, like especially with Nutcracker, the, the sets came in from the side as well. Mm. So mm. when there's a quick change of scenery, the stage crew are just like running with the the sets to the side so you've got to be out of the way and all your water bottles and leg warmers need to be moved (laughs) and so there's a lot going on backstage that nobody sees maybe just as well because (laughs) the magic on stage is what we are there for and it is magic isn't it it's a magic world up there the costumes the makeup the music transports you doesn't it into a sort of never never land exactly i mean that's i think the whole aim is to help people escape from their everyday lives and just mm-hmm. get involved in the story that you're telling and i mean on my side it's just such a wonderful feeling being on stage with the costumes the makeup the lights the mats the the dancers the, the audience, audience yes. yeah it's <laughs> just it you cannot describe the feeling it's absolutely mm-hmm. magical Castel, we have to stop now, but thank you for sharing some interesting aspects on the world of ballet and of yourself. What's next? Oh, you said Maynardville is next. Yes, Maynardville. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you on stage. You see, you've got at least one extra member of the audience. (laughs) It opens on the 4th of February here at Artscape and runs until the 19th. So do go along and enjoy this glorious ballet and enjoy the principal dancer of Cape Town City Ballet, Kirstel Patterson, to whom I've been speaking on People of Note. And you've chosen the adagio from Act 2 of Giselle. 
as you're going off stage yes. <laughs> away from the microphone piece. Is this is there a reason again? Yes, Giselle is one of my favorite ballets. It is one of the first ballets I re- remember watching with my mom. And it was actually my very first principal role that I was cast in as well. So it has a very special place in my heart. The music is just, I mean, it's incredible. incredible. Absolutely. And the adagio from Act Two, where Giselle dances for Albrecht, is just right up there. <laughs> right, right up there. <laughs> Thank you, Castelle, for your time. And um, I'm sure we'll speak to you again. Yes, I hope so. Thank you, Rodney. It's been wonderful.
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. FM.